Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Come on, was that fun? Y'all give all of our dads a big hand. Listen, we are, we, we believe that you should be able to have fun in church. You gotta be able to laugh. Gotta be able to laugh. Um, in my office at home, I have a picture of, of Jesus in his face and he's just laughing. And I, I think that there is absolutely a lot of truth and Jesus absolutely does a lot of healing. But I also believe that like, if his presence is the fullness of joy, then there should be a whole lot more smiles, come on, in the body of Christ. And so I, I realize that from time to time, we all battle adversity and struggles and frustrations. Um, but I want you to know greater is he, come on, that is in you than, than he that's in the world. And uh, dads, I just want to tell you that um, as the pastor of this church, you're valued you're needed you're needed we're going to be a masculine church we're going to uh, promote fatherhood and dads come on and strength like like we i get it fatherhood is complicated because the truth is dads uh we we can get really hard on ourselves and because we feel like we're not always perfect um we feel like we we got so much to fix and so much to do, but I just need you to know that uh, the life that you are caring for, uh, your family, like God would not have made you a gatekeeper if, if you didn't have the capacity to do it. And so I just want you to know that, that we value you and that we honor you today and you are fulfilling the order and the structure that God set up. And it's just a crazy thing that we are all imperfect people, but we're promoting, come on, a perfect Savior, a perfect gospel. Does that make sense? Come on, come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. We are grateful for our dads. You know, got to keep fighting, baby. Got to keep fighting every day, all day. Uh, well, here's the thing is, I want to just kind of take this in we've been in the building now for about four weeks and i'm not going i, I just get ready because i'm not going to be quick to turn the page we prayed for this building for almost two years and so that's why we wanted to start this walk in series because here is what we know anytime god gives you more you have to walk in and take care of it and, and I would hate for you, maybe you're checking us out for the first time, and you're wondering, okay, what's this church about? What is it? I saw the sign. I saw whatever, uh, and I want to know what's going on. And, and here's what I want you to know is that uh, you may look around and see a couple people on the stage. You may look outside and see people greeting, and you may think, well, this church seems to have everything together. I just need you to know that, number one, we don't have everything together. Number two, we're not perfect. And number three, there's a lot of things that we believe God wants us to accomplish, and we've been waiting on you. See, here's what I know. You can't disciple a church on Sunday morning. You can teach them, but you can't disciple them. It's sitting at the table 
and having the time to answer questions that really helps people unlock. And so this forum is great. And the church is never going to go away. The gates of hell will not beat the church. But I just need you to know that the way God moves is he begins to move in you. We begin to walk through spiritual thresholds. And then all of a sudden there is opportunity. And so in God's economy and kingdom, he doesn't leave open spaces. But if you step into it, it'll part and there will be a place, come on, listen, for you. And so you may be here for a season to heal, and we want you to do that. But here's the deal. We believe that those are occasional yielding moments, not forever stoplights, because God has something more, come on, listen, for you. As we jump in today, talking about walking in, we believe this, this, this facility that God has given us, it's never been about a building. We don't care about a building. We, we just care about stewardship. We all have things to steward in our lives. God has shown us that this place is about more space, more people, and more ministry, and that is what we ultimately care about. And we believe that how we do in this moment will determine our future. Just like with all of us, how you do in this moment of your life will determine the next season of your life. As we talk about this, I believe that God has plans and purposes and steps for each and every one of you. No matter how long you've been in church, no matter uh, what you know about God, can I just tell you, if you know very little about God, it's cool. See, because in our church we have a, a shallow end that lets you get comfortable with what God is asking and calling you to do. And then we have a deeper end that is weight and ministry and, and helping other people swim. Does that make sense? And so wherever you're at on your spiritual journey, our hope is that you are known, loved, and challenged. We want to know who you are. Now, there's no way that everybody's going to know everybody. We got two services, and, and, and it's not really my job as a pastor for everybody to know everybody. But it is my job that everybody can know somebody and that somebody knows your story, someone cares about your name. And I just want you to know the church is not me. I want to talk a little bit. I'm not the church. And, and, and I get it. The lights are on, the stage is up, and you're looking at me. And here's the deal. I'm walking in a spiritual assignment, and I have spiritual authority, but I'm not the church. My staff is not the church. We are all the church. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? Like, we're all the church of God. So here's what that means. That means in a life group, if there's... If you get pregnant or if you have someone uh, pass away or if you have something happen and your life group reaches out to you and talks to you, that's the church. When it's your birthday and you they say four or five people from our church say happy birthday to you on Facebook. Well, that's just my friends. No, that's the church that happens to be your friends. But we are the body, come on, listen, of Christ. And if you want to go to a church where every bit of ministry comes from the pastor, then I can't commit to that. Come on. And a lot of people, that's uncomfortable, but I have a wife and I have a family. I'm going to stay married. I'm going to raise my kids. Come on, and we're going to do this together. And you know what? You, you don't just need me to pray for you. Not that I won't. When we're done, I'll be right down here if you want me to pray with you. Come on. But I'm not getting called at 3 o'clock in the morning and coming running. You hear what I'm saying? 
Well, what, why, what, why wouldn't you? Why would I? And let's, can we just talk about spiritual maturity? Because maturity is what we're after. Why would I be coming and running in a crisis that's been going on for five years? Come on, listen. When I've got family and I've got, it's not that we don't come running. If your house is on fire, we're going to put out the water. Come on, we're going to get the water. But we want people to take the word, hear truth, make steps, make changes, and apply it. The goal for today is I want to talk to you about how to walk in truth. That means you have to hear it, you have to learn it, and you have to apply it. And it's all three of these things. For us, there are tons of people who do ministry here. Tons of people who have the anointing of God to pray and minister and do. And I want you to know that we're creating a church of mature believers that are grounded. What do I mean by grounded? When you walk out to the lobby, you're going to hear those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. What that means is there is adversity coming for everybody here, but you got to be planted and you got to grow some stuff. Does that make sense? You've got to grow some stuff. None of our leadership team will ever be unapproachable. But we need you to grow in maturity because there's got to be more people who know the kingdom than just the pastor. Come on, does that make sense? For us, the house is a place that you can build a life. And where you can hear about the purpose and plan for your life. And that's important because we are in a world where everything is relative. Relative. Subjective. Meaning, there's a culture and a philosophy that states, well, whatever's true for you is true, different for me. And, and that's the culture that we're raising our young people and our family and the, every show that's on TV. And I want to talk a little bit about walking in truth. That's my assignment, walking in truth. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Everybody say transformed. You are not transformed in one service. You can be touched in a service. You can encounter God in a service. But you cannot be transformed in a service. Okay? Where are my parents at? Where are my dad's at? Okay, listen. Transformation is a process over a long period of time. You may have the anointing where you walked in when your child was five and said, clean your room, and they did it, and you've never had to tell them again. But if that's true, you need to write a book. You need to have a podcast. You need to be on YouTube, okay? Because that's not how it, I have four kids that I love. But I can't tell you how many times we have some statements up at the Sexton house. The first one is treat other people the way you want to be. I've been talking about this since they were Treat other people the way you want to be treated. You just peed on me. How would you like it? I pee on you. Now you'd probably be in council and make a post. I don't know. Come on. Listen. We don't get something 
the first time we hear it. It's repetition. Come on, any teacher will tell you, you've got to mention it a bunch of times. There's different ways that people learn. There's auditory, there's, there's feeling, there's emotion. Come on, there, there's reading. I mean, there's so many different ways. And so for us as a church, come on, that's why we want you to be here every Sunday. And not like three or four Sundays out of a year. Come on, we don't want CEO believers. We're glad that you come. Come on, Christmas and Easter only. Listen, like, we, we because... Because here's the deal, that we love to see you when you come, but we know transformation can't happen with a couple of lessons. When you come to our church, here's what you're going to experience. You're going to hear some things over and over again. The goal of our church is not to entertain you, it's to teach you, to equip you. And so what that means is you're going to hear some lessons over again. You're going to hear honor. You're going to hear seeing people. You're going to hear make a difference. You're going to hear, you're going to hear give your life, surrender, obedience, tithing. You're going to hear all these things. And it's not so that you check out and go, I already heard that. I already know that. Treat other people. You know, hey, clean your room. Like all the things that we all know. But hearing it. Learning it and doing it is different. And we're not going to stop until Northwest Arkansas, not in a judgment-critical way in love, we're just going to be teaching people how to do it. We're going to be coaching them up. And we're going to be coaching you up because we believe, come on, there's some great men in this church. There's some great women in this church. There's some great young people in this church. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Look at this. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Go ahead and put that verse back up there. That by testing, you may discern. Like, you're going to have to discern some things. You're going to have to begin to know it so much that you're in a situation and you know what the heart and the will of God is. You cannot discern what you don't understand. Does this make sense? So we read the word and we get it in us so that in moments of adversity, we're like, how do we need to respond? Because this is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. Genesis chapter 1 through chapter 11 covers every question that you would ever have about God. Every one. It covers evolution. It covers creation, it covers gender, it covers everything in the first 11 chapters. Okay, hear what I'm saying. God was the one who created it and said it was good. What is good is acceptable, and what is acceptable is being made perfect. And that is the process that God wants to move, come on, listen, in and through your life. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 says this, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the element spirit, elemental spirits of the world and not according to Christ. What I need you to know is that we are all surrounded by philosophies, ideologies, thoughts that are contrary and are pushing against what God wants to plant in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. 
In our Western culture, we love options. Come on, anybody love some options? Come on, in just a second, we got four or five options of wings out there. I, I'll tell you to go with the Louisiana rub. That's what I'm going to tell you. But some of you may be lemon, lemon pepper, but I'm telling you. We love options. Options are appealing. We choose options on restaurants, vacations, entertainment, employment, even churches. We love options. Options on food choices, where are we going to go, what we're going to do, work options. Some of y'all have flex schedules at work. You can go in at 6, so you're off at 3. Come on. Everybody say options. Where are my Chipotle people at? Come on, people who love Chipotle. People who love like, like Pie 5, where you get to go and pick all of your toppings. Come on, people who love options. I love those type of restaurants because I'm like, I want that, that. When I go to Chipotle and they're like, which type of rice do you want? I'm like, both. We're like, what type of beans do you want? <laughs> both. You know, I love options. Here's the problem. If we aren't careful, we will expect options in the core principles of our faith. Church, I need you to know that there's a dichotomy between truth and mercy. And you're going to have to give me the ability to step over and teach truth without hurting your feelings. Because here's what I know. Truth without love cripples people. It will be shame and condemnation. And it will only tell you what you're bad at and what you're doing wrong. So we have mercy. We have love. Come on, listen. Everybody has a story in this room. Everybody's come from somewhere. Everybody's had tragedy, trauma, and adversity. And we are all trying to figure out, okay, what is our next step? And so when love and truth, mercy and truth begins to blend together, then we begin to have the confidence that we are wanted on this journey rather than, come on, pushed away because of some of the choices and experiences that we've had. Truth is this. It's the reality that Jesus existed from the beginning. He is all God and all man. He is the word made flesh to instruct mankind of the will and the ways of the Father. Jesus said, I am the truth. Not like a cool cultural buzzword, man, I'm the truth. But like all of this world is going to fade away. Everything's going to end, but I'm not going to end. I am the thing that everything revolves around. I am the truth. Does this make sense? Okay. Mercy is this, is what God gives to those who seek him and repent from their sins. God, in his loving kindness, holds back judgment. There will be a day when we will stand before the king. But that day is not today. And so you have time. Time to change your family. Time to break that addiction. You have time to surrender pride, lust, jealousy, so that you can enter into all of the wonderful things, come on, listen, that God has for you. God holds back judgment and offers forgiveness 
to everyone. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter. Like God has forgiveness open to everybody. Come on. Someone say mercy. Proverbs chapter 3, 3 and 4 says this. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write on the tablet of your heart so that you find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Listen, it would be very dangerous for me as a, as a, as a pastor to teach you truth without also teaching you mercy. Come on. That would be as dangerous if I was a parent and I taught you about the honey bun, but I didn't teach you about the carrots. It may not affect you right now, but one day, come on, you will come back in about 30 years talking about, Pastor, all you taught me was honey bun theology. And I'm not as healthy as I need to be. You got to have both. You got to truth come on listen and mercy here's why i say this according to the majority of american adults 54 percent of american adults 74 percent of millennials believe that what is right and wrong is a matter of personal experience let's talk about it okay let's just talk about it there is a new moral code being written in our culture. And a few years back, the Barner Research conducted a huge poll that determined that there are six major philosophies that are shaping our culture. They're shaping the news. They're shaping entertainment. They're shaping Disney. They're shaping your kids. And I just want to talk about three of them today. Before I get into this, let's just talk. I'm coaching. Okay, if I coached you in basketball and you said I want to do a better layup, then I would be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? I would tell you what leg to jump off. I would tell you how high to extend your hand. I would talk about your eyes. Where are your eyes? Is it focused on the rim? I would talk about how hard you go to the hole. I mean, I would talk about a lot of things. And if I said, hey, fix all this, and you're, you, will, you will produce better results... That's not shame, condemning, and broken. I just want to see you free. And so all I'm asking you to do is instead of putting up walls, just, just, just listen and see if you can see this in the culture, in your home, at work. Here's the first philosophy that is 91% of Americans believe this philosophy. The best way to find yourself is by looking within yourself. The best way to find yourself is by looking within yourself. 91% of Americans agree with this statement. And if you weren't careful, you may like it. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about. I'm going to find me, me. You know, I, like, you may like, woo! Can we just dissect it a little bit? This statement means trust your heart. Go with your gut. No one can define you. Speak your truth. This is the look-in approach to life. Here's the downside to that approach. The whole approach depends on you. What happens when you try to discover your purpose and everything falls apart? This philosophy promotes, listen, isolation and discouragement. 
This approach is full, listen, of contradictions. Consider this. Is it possible to discover what's inside of you and determine your uniqueness without comparing yourself to somebody else? The Bible clearly tells us do not compare to one another. The Bible offers us, listen, a better way. It tells us to check your heart and to check your motives. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things. Look at this, desperately sick. Who can understand it? Your heart, come on, look at me, will make you Lead with your feelings. Now, feelings aren't bad. But come on, passion, pursuit, all. God created all that in the constructs of obedience. Not where you figure out your own way. Matthew chapter 15, verse 19 says, For out of the heart comes, look at this, Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. That's why nobody in church can judge anybody. Because you know what you thought last week? When that person cut you off, be honest. For like 30 seconds, you were like, I will run you over. We all have this stuff in us. Rather than looking in, what if we looked up? Come on, your Father God has made you with his purpose and your life has significance, incredible significance. And God is saying, I don't need you to look from within. Look, 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 I need you to look up to me, the author, come on, and finisher of your faith. Come on, give him a hand. Come on. The second thing is this. Here's another philosophy of our world. To be fulfilled in life... You should pursue the thing you desire most. 86% of Americans, 72% of Christians would say, absolutely. Absolutely. This philosophy covers this. I want whatever I want to make me happy. I work hard and find fulfillment. Fulfillment. You know, I'm a grind. I'm a grind and get. I'm a. I'm a get whatever. Hey, don't stand in my way. Listen, you know, this ain't a scooter, baby. This is a train. Don't get run over. Like I'm going. I'm all. You don't even know. I want what I want, and nothing can stop me from having it all. Listen, there's the downside to this approach. Consider this: Is it possible to find fulfillment? and purpose by running after whatever you want. If there is a parent in the room, your kids have not wanted to do what was best because they wanted to do what they wanted. Come on, anybody ever thought about a nap? I'm not taking naps! Naps are from the devil. Now I'm like, give me a nap. Come on, somebody. Listen. Would there be ever a time that you would want something and then after you got it, 
change what you want? See, the Bible knows that we are fickle people, and we always, it's like the donkey with the carrot, and we just, <laughs> and we're always, and, and what we want always is changing. And you know what? All we wanted was a home and get out of the apartment, and we got a home, and then all we want is it to be clean, and then it's clean, and all we want is a family, and we have them, and oh, pictures, oh, gender reveals, and, and then, then they grow up, and you're like, all we want is them to move out, and all we want, and then if we're not careful, it, it, our whole life, will be in pursuit of something we think we want that is never fulfilling. This type of approach leaves you thirsty. Come on. As Christians, we believe fulfillment isn't found living for yourself, but living for the Lord. Over the last 30 years, we've promoted as a culture the one who stands up and is true to themselves, that's been the hero of our society. Fast forward over the, the last 10 years, one of the biggest movies, Frozen. And I know you hard, I know you tough, but I know you know the song. <laughs> let it go, let it. Can't hold it back any. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Frozen, one of the major theme songs was this. Look at this. They're going to put it up there. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. I know, I know. Man, you're being too spiritual and religious. All I'm trying to do is tell you that there's a philosophy and culture and you can love God in your heart. But here's what the Bible says. He actually wants you to love him in three places. Your heart, your mind, and your soul. And so you can actually love Jesus in your heart and be totally deceived. We have this worldview where sincerity equals nobility. And you can be sincerely wrong. Come on, hear what I'm saying. This philosophy is one of the major reasons that the divorce rate has grown astronomically over the last 60 years. Now, I want to talk about this. I know everybody's story is different. I am not judging you. We're talking. There was a woman in the, our last service, come, this, I think this is her first or second time to come, and she was crying, going through a divorce right now. I realize every story is different. Every situation is different. Christ can redeem anything and everything. Y'all need to hear what I'm saying, amen? And so, listen, listen, thank you. Thank you, this section, y'all win. Uh, uh, come on, come on, we're going to do it, let's do it. Listen. But as a church, 
We're going to have people who went through divorce and hardship and wrong decisions and choices and, and were, were, were victims of somebody else's choices, but we'll also have young marriages that are trying to thrive and do it God's way, and we can't tiptoe around these conversations because we may offend someone. We love you, God's for you, but we're going to have to teach some things. Come on. Listen. We have people on our staff, people who uh, are leading high levels that have gone through divorce. But when we begin as a culture to operate under the philosophy that I am fulfilled by chasing whatever I want, then you leave behind commitments. John chapter 3 verse 35 says, and Jesus said to them, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not hunger Whoever believes in me will never thirst. Come on, listen to me. You don't have to live thirsty. God can feel that in your life. God can be the source. Come on. There, there can be some fulfillment in your life. Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. Your presence is where there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen, God's not trying to steal life from you. He's not trying to steal fun from you. He's actually trying to create an incredible, whole, healed life. And I promise you, His way is better. Here's the third one. Y'all ready for one more? Okay. Third is this. This is a philosophy of our culture. Any kind of sexual expression between two consenting adults is acceptable. I want to talk about it. 50% of Christians and 84% of non-Christians hold this view. Let's talk about it. It's my body. It's my right. I should be able to practice whatever feels good and makes me happy. Sex is no big deal. Here is the downside to this approach on sexuality sex is the most intimate act you can engage in relationally it was created for connection and reproduction our society wants sensation without responsibility come on let's talk a little bit I'm not coming for you so I'll, if you feel shame that's the enemy okay that's not my heart. My heart is not to come for you. It is just to talk about how the philosophies are navigating, come on, listen, our world. The goal of this church is not to be the pleasure police. That was way more funny than y'all gave me credit for. Like I worked on that, okay? We, everything that God has made has, the respons has responsibility attached to it. And listen, and, and I, I don't, don't send me no, well, I, you should have warned us. Can I tell you, if your kid has TikTok, they've seen way more than I'm talking about right now. The reason that our culture is where we're at is because the church isn't talking about sexuality and everybody else is. Come on. We are behind the game and God created it. We've got to inform people, our believers, listen, that if we engage in 
casual sex or change sex or change the meaning of who we have sex with or all of that. Listen, all of that is complications because God, listen, God didn't ask us to pick options. He said, this is the way that life will be produced in your, in your life, okay? And so when we engage in sex outside of covenant, here's the deal. Brokenness could be waiting. Hurt and wounds. Listen, my goal isn't to hold the world accountable. If you're struggling here in this place, there is no shame or condemnation. But my heart as a pastor is to warn you and to help you that most of the time what the culture promotes isn't always in your best interest. Does sex feel good? I don't ever want young people growing up in this place thinking, it's dirty, it's bad, it's shameful. No, man. No. Come on. Come on. Men, y'all should have amen right there. You know it's Father's Day. You, we, uh, I'm going to go on, but y'all left me alone right there. And I'm mad about it. Sex in the context of marriage is wonderful. Sex wasn't made to be shameful. It's holy. But done casually, you're going to produce shame and hurt and depression. It leads to experiences that hurt people. And here's the deal. It turns the person you're engaging with into an object rather than a mate. Come on. When two bulls mate, they're about to create. You hear what I'm saying? Some of y'all are just like, I didn't even know. Wow. Come on. <laughs> A little biology here for you. Come on. As we begin to move through this, our churches have got to understand that in a sex-crazed culture, God has something to say about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 says, Flee sexual immorality. And every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But sexual, a sexual immoral person sins against their own body. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Or do you not know? I may not know. Okay, if you don't know, here, here, now you know. That the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Oh, what? We could be deceived? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral nor idolaters, come on, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality. Hear, hear what I'm saying. We have, in our culture, people who are struggling, and I do not want you to hear, oh my, well, I guess I'm not welcome in that church. No, 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 no. Because a certain person right next to you is struggling with a sin, because the Bible says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And we will not be a church that, 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 that judges other people. But we will be a church that clearly defines what's true because we don't want brokenness to continue. Everybody in this place may have a friend. Come on, listen. A co-worker. And I, the last thing I want you to do is walk out, well, you're going to hell, because that's not what I said. I'm teaching and training you not to let philosophies come on come in your life come in your home and destroy the beautiful thing that God wants to create in you
because we live in a post-Christian world, there is a great divide in our culture for what should be private and what should be public. There is a tension between the secular and the sacred. And our culture believes that family and faith and church, that's a sacred thing. That's a private matter. And it has no place in the secular public society. And publicly, here's what we promote. Science. And through science, we can determine what is true. Faith should be reduced only a set of values but not factual and I just need you to know for you to grow in spiritual maturity you are going to have to have encounters with the Holy Spirit in your life you're gonna to have to be healed from past wounds trauma and hurt but you're also gonna to have to educate your mind Come on, listen, you're going to have to grow in some things and you're going to have to be like, what? What does God want me to know that I just don't know yet? See, we all have a way that we see the world. That's called a worldview. Our hope is that you continue to build a biblical worldview, that you are liberated, listen, from the culture of captivity. See, in the Old Testament, it talked about Babylon. It was a city that really rebelled. It was pagan. And now we have digital Babylons over the world. And, and, you, and what has supposed to be a tool is a doorway to bring every type of compromise. I am not saying, listen, shut everything down. You're not here. That's not what I'm saying. Dave, Daniel thrived in a culture that was anti-God. Ancient Israel always had other gods that they were dealing with. We are never going to get rid of the philosophies of the world. I just need to make sure they're not growing in you. Does this make sense? We don't want to be captive. We don't want to be held captive. The power of the Holy Spirit has the power to transform our world. On this day, June 19th, 1865, what is now celebrated as Juneteenth, ended slavery, listen, in America. The Emancipation Proclamation, listen, was signed June 1st, two years earlier. Listen to this. It took two years to get this declaration, this truth, to the western edges of the Confederacy. Two years. The truth was slavery had ended, but many didn't know it. As Christians, it's truly sad for us that pains and wounds come when people act in their own self-interest hear me as a church I need you to know that you we don't want you to have all of this freedom available and you never knew it you never knew it 
Church, God has another way for us to live. And we, listen, we can live under a lie or we can live under truth. And that is my hope for you today. John 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth and it will set you we celebrate Juneteenth is because it was the day they finally knew that they were free. Do you know that you could be free? Has anybody ever told you that you don't have to act like that, talk like that, your anger doesn't have to be out of control, you don't have to go back to that same cycle and addiction? Has anybody ever told you, maybe they told you be better, but did anybody tell you, come on, how you could be free and what you could walk in? Come on, church. The gospel message is not outdated. We just have to have people that understand it enough that can break it down to society. takeaway here's a question that I have for you are my thoughts being set by culture or being renewed by the Word of God are my thoughts being set by culture or being renewed by the Word of God here's the takeaway we all have a word worldview don't be scared of culture Let's learn the Bible so we can be the light in culture. Come on, does that make sense? In just a second, they're going to sing this, How Great Is Our God. I just want you to kind of stay seated for a second. As we end this Father's Day, Father's Day, Father's Day, you are the gatekeepers of the philosophies that come in your home. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 14 says this and I looked and arose and said to the nobles the office the officials and the rest of the people look at this do not be afraid of them remember the Lord who is great and awesome fight for your brothers your sons your daughters your wives and your homes the truth is God's mercy will cover whatever you're into if you would just and turn. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.